a historical perspective, high-paying manufacturing jobs were responsible for the prosperity in America in the last century, in the 20th century. When we had that decline in U.S. manufacturing, manufacturing was not seen as a pathway to a decent job and the middle-class lifestyle that it was before. Now we have this predicament where there's a lot of high-skilled jobs that are very difficult to fill. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. We are coming to you from the Windy City. This is Making Chips, the podcast to equip manufacturing leaders. Yes, it is. Jim, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, we're happy to have all of our listeners with us today. And what we are going to be talking about in this episode is that Jim and I are going to discuss why you should hire your next manufacturing leader from high school. Yeah, I think it's a really good discussion. You know, you and I personally have two completely different paths that we took in our career. And I think it's important that our listeners learn about that and make their own decision on what they think is right and wrong and what I think a manufacturing leader can learn from this exercise. Absolutely. So what was your path? Well, in uh, the late, late, late 70s. You just want to make it clear that it was the late 70s, don't it you? Was the, it was the very late 70s. I was a high school senior and, you know, my dad was running that, the manufacturing company and was having some successes. And uh, they came to me, my parents, I remember distinctly saying, hey, we can give you a four-year university college education or you can come and work in the family company and we'll, you know, we'll give you that, that trade school, that machinist apprenticeship program. And I thought about it uh, not too long. And I thought, you know, this is probably the best path for me. So uh, I chose the trade. And, you know, looking back, I have to say, I guess for me at that time, it was it was a good decision. If you were to ask me today what I would do again, I don't necessarily know how I would answer that. But I think we've got a lot of good things to talk about today. Yeah, and I think you did well considering considering your path, you know? Right. Well, it's, it's so much more than just education. It's a workout. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's drive. It's what you want to do with yourself and everything else. You know that. Yeah. It's drive and what you, the vision that you have for your life. Yeah. And I, I kind of took a different path. I mean, I was very blessed that my parents paid for my graduate or I'm sorry, my undergraduate and my graduate degree. Essentially, I received an undergraduate in engineering and then got my graduate degree in business and they took care of that for me. I'm very happy and thankful That's to great. them for that. Yeah. You should yeah. be, man. Yeah. And, and, and we're both in the same place. So how does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's again, it, I think at the end of the day, it's your drive and direction where you want to take it in life and, and uh, a little bit of luck too, I would imagine. So anyway, Absolutely. let's get started. So I want to first say that we don't have any particular manufacturing news. Uh, Jason. Yeah, we're going to take a different direction with this. I think so. And we, we'd like some feedback from you, our listeners, to tell us how you feel about, we're thinking about spinning off this manufacturing news 
section to a separate podcast in the future. It would just be a short, maybe five-minute podcast. A weekly podcast where you and I will discuss the manufacturing news pretty much in real time because we're going to do it remotely, not while we're in our studio. Yeah, we, we just think it'll be good for people that want to have that kind of type of content. They can have just that. And uh, for those people that um, are not as interested in the manufacturing news or maybe just want to get into the, the content of the podcast, they'll be able to separate it in that way. Yeah, I think it's good. But please, uh, to all our listeners out there, give us some feedback. Go to makingchips.com. Leave us some comments on our site. Let us know how you feel about that and if you would support that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we want to base this around you know the way our listeners want to hear this. It's real. It's really about the listeners and, and where they're guiding us and where we want to go. With that said, I think we should do a quick plug on um, the summer in July. We're going to be in uh, San Diego um, probably the week of July 20th. We're doing a grand opening, a, co- a collaboration yes. with uh, one of our peer friends, manufacturing peer friends out there. And Jason and I want to engage our listenership in Southern California there. We'd like to really ramp up the engagement and, and maybe even talk to you about what you're doing different in manufacturing. And if you have anything to add, and maybe you'll get a spot on our uh, podcast. Yeah, we want to do some, yeah, we want to do some interviews um, while we're out there. So if there are any of our listeners that are in the area and want to meet us out in um, San Diego, please call us and let us know. You can call us at 312-725-0245 and just let us know your interests and um, how we can meet up with you while Jim and I are in San Diego. I just ordered lots of t-shirts too. So if you come in for sure, I'll have a t-shirt. Free t-shirts. That's good motivation. Mickey chips t-shirts. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, why don't we get into the podcast? Um, I guess what I'd like to start with is just a little historical perspective on manufacturing jobs. As you know, because your, your dad was, you know, owned a, a manufacturing company from a historical perspective, High-paying manufacturing jobs were responsible for the prosperity in America in the last century, in the 20th century. And these jobs were responsible for several generations of men, families buying houses, saving for retirement, sending their kids to college. And unfortunately, you know, many of these same families probably urge their kids not to go into manufacturing and go into college instead. Why do you think that was? Well, there, there was a sharp decline in U.S. manufacturing for the last 15 years. Absolutely. And manufacturing has gotten a bad rap because it was dirty. You know, yeah. as you and I have talked about, it's not dirty like it used to be. And now we have a shortage. You know, we have a shortage of skilled manufacturing workers. And this is something that you and I have talked about Many, many times before. Many times, yeah. yeah. And it, quite frankly, that's driving the wages up. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what also happened was when we had that decline in U.S. manufacturing, a lot of high schools got rid of their, their manufacturing vocational programs. Yes, they did. You know, and manufacturing was not seen as a pathway to a decent job and the middle-class lifestyle that it was before. I agree. Yeah. Now we have this predicament where there's a lot of high-skilled jobs that are very difficult to fill. And as you know, the manufacturing jobs nowadays um, require a very high-skilled job. They're not just button-pushing jobs. You know what I mean? You need to have a good skill set. Well, let's talk about those skill sets. And first and foremost, we, w- we want to tell the, our listeners that you know we think 
and I believe you uh, you agree with me, is at least because I know I agree that I think the future manufacturing leader should come from a high school senior. That's where you want to grab them. You want to find that young student that has good fundamental talents like math, geometry, algebra, trigonometry. They have to have great soft skills too. They, you yeah. Know, they yeah. To- you want to, you want to be able to mold that person to fit your culture. And, um, you know, you and I actually put together a list of six things. You want to go through that list of six things? I think things? now's the time to start okay. talking about it because it's really important things because this is at the beginning of the career. We can go into all the reasons why we think or why we potentially think that trade could be a better objective than a four-year college degree. But yeah, let's go with those six. Okay, so you've got those written down. Yeah, yeah. So we put together six things that every um, manufacturing, every future manufacturing leader should have. And, you know, a lot of these are quite simple, but I think it's good to have a checklist to go through. And the first one is the ability to pass a drug test. I hear people complaining about that all the time. I was just with people at a networking event last Thursday and they said that they cannot get them to pass a drug test. I, you know, I don't know. That's a real difficult one. You know, it's not good. These people, you know, these are going to be the future leaders in your, in your company. You know, I think that that should be a requirement. I guess in states where maybe there's a different level of legalization that, you know, it should be up to the whoever is making those decisions. But I think it, it at least should be considered as the mark of a future manufacturing leader. I'm going to leave that one alone because I just think there's going to be so many new laws that are going to be, I think there's going to be sweeping changes in that as uh, legalization of marijuana becomes, you know, to fruition over the next decade. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot of changes in the way we do that. So anyway, let's, let's move on. Okay. Um, the, the second point would, um, and I kind of change these around a little bit because it coincides with the first one is dependability. Sure. Um, and I know that you are a big proponent of dependability. So the ability to show up for work on time every day. I agree. That's a huge one. And I think that is part of the soft skills that these young students have to learn. You know, not only do they have to be well-groomed and have good hygiene, but they need to be dependable. They need to get to work on time. They need to show me that they're interested in their job. And when they show me that, that's when I can push them into a career and offer them new skills like ad and cam. And pay for those because you're you're investing in them. And it needs to be clear that, you know, I'm hiring you because I see something in you that you could be a future leader in this manufacturing company, but you need to show me that you could do some basic things like showing up on time. And, you know, I think that there's a stigma nowadays that, you know, of this whole like rolling into work whenever you want in your flip flops. And, you know, it's just about getting the job done. And, you know, there's something to be said about just getting the job done and and being in that type of a culture, but that's not the culture that we are in. We're not in that type of culture where you just show up to your machine or, or you just, you know, tell the customer, well, I, you know, I I didn't get around to it. That's not our culture. That might be part of like a marketing culture or, you know, different lines of work, but I I don't believe that that is the culture of a manufacturing company. It's not, it's not in mine. No. And I I would be really surprised if it was the culture at barely any uh, manufacturing companies out there. Right. 
At least First in the type all, of jobs they, we're talking about. They better sure as hell not show up in flip-flops because <laughs> <laughs> when those chips fly off the machine and they're hot, yeah. it's going to be painful. Exactly. So, exactly. Anyway, what's number three? Uh, number three is a basic understanding of what you and I are deeming high school math. So what that would be is algebra, geometry, trigonometry, and, and the ability to do basic computations. Absolutely. I mean, I would say it's not an absolute prerequisite because, you know, when I was in my machinist apprenticeship, trigonometry was a huge advantage. And I was lucky enough that I did have really, really above average math skills and I was great at it. And that helped me along in the process. But nowadays with the um, integration of CAD and CAM, we're not so dependent on those trigonometry functions. It's not that important, but I mean, they got to be able to know how to do basic math and algebra. And if they do know, you know, that there's 90 degrees in a right angle and 180 degrees in a triangle. Well, gosh, I would hope that they would know those things. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Uh, I have a new person coming into the company and they send me the resume and we, it looks like we're starting to to go somewhere. I actually have a test that I give my workers and part of it is basic geometry skills because I can tell right away what they know or not. I mean, let's face the facts. If, if they don't know that there's 90 degrees in the right angle, I the chances of me hiring them as a skilled employee is going to be almost nil. Yeah. So, and these are very basic mathematical uh, this is this is basic mathematical knowledge. I mean, we're not talking anything very complex. No, you know, not at all. It should have been learned in high school, and if it was not learned in high school, it's something that they could learn over the summer or in, in some other format. I mean, there's even you know free resources out there. I forgot the name of it, but there's a there's a video series where you can be taught for those of you that are already listening to this that are already out of high school and you want to learn basic, you know, algebra, geometry and, and trigonometry. Um, I think, Oh, I know what it's called. Khan Academy or can Academy. I think it's hmm. K A H N and you can learn in a video format, basic math skills. So, I mean, it's available to be taught. So for free. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So Matt, so what's the next one? Number four is going to be communication skills. So, um, the huge, yeah, huge. I mean, in, in the language of, you know, communication for a future leader, for a manager is generally going to be in English. Although, you know, foreign languages are, are also very beneficial. I agree. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in, um, you know, certainly, you know, Spanish is, is beneficial in Chicago, Polish and Russian are also very beneficial leader, uh, languages for leaders to have. So if you have those skills, you're, you're going to be a leg up to communicate with people that maybe don't have the English skills that are, you know, working in the factory. Yeah, I would say Spanish and Polish for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely a leg up. Definitely it's going to give you that edge. Yeah, but I mean but, just basic, but communication skills are very important. Being able to effectively, you know, communicate, to, to work in a team and is just is vitally important. Uh, number five, just familiarity with manufacturing. So before you decide to take a job in manufacturing to understand, you know, what a machinist does, to understand what a welder does, to understand um, the basics of manufacturing. There are ways in order to find those things out. So and I kind of call um, that one understand that first. I kind of call that one mechanical aptitude. Would you would you say that's the same thing? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. when I look at a guy, guy or gal, if they have good mechanical aptitude, they if they understand, if they feel it, if they have that skill set, that dexterity in their hands, they're a good talent. That's what I look for. Um, 
Well, these are all important, important aspects of what I look for in that that new hire, that new student that needs to be trained and molded into into the shop. Yeah, I just hired a um a welder not too long ago, and he's doing a great job. And the reason I hired him is that he did have a mechanical aptitude, um, like you said, because he has a motorcycle that he works on, and That's he's it. done he's he's done some light welding. He knew the difference between like Megan Tig welding, even though we don't we don't really do either one of those. But I knew he had the basics down. He was very trainable, so he had that mechanical aptitude, like you said. Number six is if you're going to be a future manufacturing leader, you're going to have to get some kind of specialized training or certification. So Jim and I are um, advocating hiring somebody out of high school to be your next manufacturing leader. But at some point, there's going to be the expectation that either they are going to get further training or certification or and, and pay for it themselves, or you are going to sponsor that for them. Exactly. So there should be that expectation that there's going to be some work outside of the, you know, for lack of a better term, nine to five job that they're going to be doing training and furthering their knowledge. Right. And it's typically at night. And that gets into kind of like some of the pros and cons that I've kind of Great. wrote Let's about with regards to that. Because first and foremost, we all know how much tuition is nowadays, especially at these private universities. I, my God. Are you talking about your typical university tuition? I'm yeah, what, 25 to 50 grand? I'm thinking 50000 a year. It's easy insanity. With, with uh, room and board. I mean, it, it's, it's insane. So when you, when you factor into those costs and the fact that that student isn't earning anything during four years, so you've got four years where that student isn't earning or learning about the career, and yet about 200K worth of money is being outputted into this career. Right. And yeah. getting a job making maybe 50 grand as a marketing person or whatever maybe. else. And, and I'm a big advocate of college. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I but, but I think that, you know, three, went to college, exactly. So, yeah, so I, you need to have, a, but you need to have a vision first for what you want to do in your life and not just go into college. I think is what, what we're saying, not just go to college just as a default for your life or a, a reason to get away from home or to party or whatever else it is. And a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Another, another thing I just uh, read online um, just today, actually, it's that 70% of students take out college loans and the interest rate on that is approximately 5.6%. And when they graduate, they have <laughs> over $100,000 of college debt. At graduation. Wow. So that's a big nut to crack. Let me yes. So not only are they coming out of college, they're in an entry level career, but they have a hundred thousand dollars on their back that they gotta satisfy. I mean, that's insane. That, yeah. That's that's daunting. Yeah, and meanwhile, you you know, somebody in high school could have gotten a job, maybe probably not making a lot of money at the start, but if they are dependable and pass their drug tests and follow some of the guidelines that you and I talked about, they could really rise in an organization, get some further training and be making very, very good money and right. not having that debt by the time they're 21 or 22, be making right. very good money. Very good money. I mean, I'm telling you that, you know, a, a good CNC computer programmer in a manufacturing company today can easily make a hundred thousand plus a year. Wow. Easily. Wow. Yes. So it's not that far away. You know, a guy at that level probably has at least 
I'm guessing around eight years experience at the very least. Okay. That's good to know. It's yeah, I would say eight years, but at least you, you know, the potential, I mean, it's a great career. It's a great, you can easily support a family for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's what, one of the things that we need to bring back is that, you know, 50 years ago when manufacturing jobs did support families and did pay for college for their children and, you know, retirement and everything, those days are here again. I agree. It's a, it's a manufacturing renaissance, not only in how we're approaching business and how much these manufacturing jobs are coming back to the States, but it's a manufacturing renaissance in a career type based thing too. We're seeing that all come back again. We're high paying jobs. The only thing is the image of manufacturing has completely changed. Yeah. We should get that trademark, Jim, manufacturing renaissance. Manufacturing renaissance, baby. It's uh, it's here. It's here. Okay. Why don't you go again on your pros and cons? If I were to hire one of these high school students that met all these criteria that we just talked about, I would pay for their education for sure. You know, they'd have to show me that they could get maybe a B average or better, but they're going to have some NIMS level skill sets that they're going to be able to take away because we do formal training. You know, our TMA is, you know, I'm a member of the TMA and so are you, Jason, but mm-hmm. we do, we have a world class training facility right here in our backyard and I'm highly engaged with them. If I found one of those young high school students that had all those bullets that we just discussed, I would easily put them and pay for their education to learn all this, but they're going to have to show me that they're really interested in working hard for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I did read something else, too, that was in this article today that said college will typically yield about $17,000 more per year in annual income than a non-college educated tuition. Now, I think that could be very skewed based on what career choice. I mean, certainly it's not if if you go into uh, retail. Well, that's where part of that statistic is coming from. It would be comparing retail to you know, because there's a lot of people in retail that don't have a college education, but certainly manufacturing would skew it more in the direction that it would be even with college. Right. There's another point that um, I wanted to make everything that we're talking about right now, not only is that applicable for students that are graduating from high school, but I have a heart for the city of Chicago and where we can revitalize some of the poor neighborhoods. And there's an organization that you and I both have some experience with called Bethel New Life, and they're taking some of these concepts as far as training and um, educating people in math and training them communication and some of these things in order to put them also um, in a position to have good paying CNC manufacturing jobs. And they are placing many of their, they're, they're placing a hundred percent of their students in good jobs. And I'm very happy to see that they're taking a lot of these things that you and I are talking about, not only to do this for a high school person, but also for somebody that just wants to see their career path change from having a job that maybe wasn't meeting the minimum standards of raising their family to bring them above average as far as raising their families. And I, th- and I think that organizations such as this in cities like Chicago um, are going to be very successful in the future. Yeah, there's another one called Safer too. And it's, it's here in Chicago as well. And they take people that have had some minor issues 
and, and they retrain them and, and bring them into a manufacturing skills. Yeah, I, I would love to see some of these, you know, poor neighborhoods really thrive because of manufacturing jobs. I mean, that would just yeah. make me so happy. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's their success stories and that's what it's all about. It's all about a good success story. Yeah. But it goes back to, you know, those six points that you and I talked about in order to really see um, yourself as being a leader in the manufacturing industry. You got to consider the drug test. You got to be dependable. You got to know the math, communication skills, have a familiarity with manufacturing and have an expectation that you're going to have training, specialized training outside of the job at some point in time. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, this wraps up this episode. It sure um, does. Wow, yeah, I think this great. is great. Yeah, good stuff, Jason. So there is a couple ways you can get a hold of us. As we mentioned early in the show, you can call our number, which is 312-725-0245. And you can ask us any question that you want. We would love to um, not only get your feedback um, via voicemail, but we'd also love to get your question. And we will play your question in a future episode. Um, another way that you can get a hold of us is just going to our website. Um, we're getting a lot of comments on our website. We love, Jim and I love getting that feedback. We will respond. Um, so go to our website, go to makingchips.com. If you're listening to this episode in some other form than a podcast player, such as on your computer, you can go to makingchips.com slash how, and you can learn how to listen to our episodes and get them as soon as they come out. Um, like on a device, like on, on a device, device, like on an iPhone or an iPhone. Or an yeah. So makingchips.com slash how specifically shows you how to listen to our podcast on an iPhone. And if you go to makingchips.com slash Android, you will get instructions on how to listen to it on an Android device. And you can ask Jim questions about that. Yeah. Also, too, I don't know about you, Jason, but I'm getting a lot of LinkedIn requests for connections. And that's great. Yes. Please let me know. Look me up, Jim Carr, Car Machine and Tool. I am getting so many LinkedIn requests for connections nowadays. It's great. And everyone's giving me feedback on the show, which I love to hear. Keep doing that. Keep yeah, doing LinkedIn that is definitely great. our, hopefully I'm speaking for you correctly, LinkedIn is definitely our preferred social media platform. It is because that is a, it's a it's true business. business platform. So, and the other thing too I want to share, um, and you know this as well, you know, Jason and I aren't the experts at everything. This is a peer to peer relationship that we're sharing with all of our listeners out there in the world, in, in the manufacturing world. And all we're trying to do is provide a little bit of value for you. So when you're, when you have that next decision to make, you could say, damn, I heard that on making chips. I heard Jim and Jason talking about this just two weeks ago. And boy, I'm really glad that I listened to that episode because I was able, I was better equipped to make a decision based on listening to it. It's quite simple. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. And I couldn't have said it better. And we just want to be the, you know, kind of the platform, the conduit to bring the manufacturing, the chip making industry together. And if you have a, some kind of expertise that you could bring to our audience, we would love to have you on the show because like Jim said, we don't know it all. So we need to bring this community together in order to strengthen the manufacturing industry. Absolutely. That's it. That's, That's all it. I got. What do we say Great. here at Making Chips? Jason? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Absolutely. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.
I can hear you rustling around like really clearly, just so you know. Seriously, so yeah. I better not do that. Yeah, can you? Hear, you what am can, I do? What am I doing right now? Uh, something with a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking a sip of my margarita. Oh, is that what it is? Nice. That's it. 